From the book of Jeremiah 29:11, he said, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. One translation says it this way, I will bless you with a future filled with hope, a future of success and not of suffering. We looked at different aspects of hope last week. We discovered that hope is a promise, that hope is an anchor to steady our soul, that hope will strengthen us, and hope is an attitude which will guide us, and thank God, hope is bigger than this life. You know, we did a funeral service on Friday. There were about 350 people here, mostly of the uh, Philippine uh, origin, Filipinos, and uh, Daisy Pineris was honored and, and such a beautiful woman of God. Uh, and as we looked at the daughters and ministered to the daughters, uh, we want to instill in them during this grief process that the healing power of God go into them, amen, but also the realization that they will see their mother again. And so many of us have loved ones in heaven. Thank God we will see them again. This is our blessed hope. So we're, we're, we're working with uh, the subject of expectation. Expectation is having a confident, confident, favorable expectation of something good to happen in our life based on the foundation and the substance of God's Word. You know, there can be uh, what people call a negative expectation. You know, when I think about that, I'm reminded of the guy. You know, he was sleeping, and he had some folks, that friends that were going to pull a trick on him, and they put Limburger cheese under his nose while he slept. And so he woke up, and he thought, oh my goodness. He went from room to room trying to find out where this stink was coming from. Finally, you know, he, he went outside the door. He took a deep breath and smelled the same odor outside. And he said, well, the whole world stinks. <laughs> That's a general attitude of negativity. Expecting something bad to happen. And that's based on dread and despondency, and it is based on fear. And Job said, the thing of which I greatly feared has come upon me. So faith will always expect the best. Fear will always expect the worst. How many of you know it's not the circumstances of life that defeat us? It's not the debt that defeats us. It's not the disease that defeats us. We're not defeated until we have yielded to fear and discouragement and despondency. And that's, friends, where the fight of faith is. Got any fighters in the house? You know, when you make a decision, you're going to walk by, live by, and talk by faith. Then you've entered into fighting the good fight of faith. And just because everything has not lined up yet, it's going to line up. But it may not have lined up yet. If I don't yield to fear... If I don't yield to despondency, I am always an overcomer. Look at your neighbor and say, and so are you. Hallelujah. 
Oh, thank God. And then we talked briefly last week how that there's a neutral expectation. I call up a turn-up philosophy of life. You know, kind of never using their faith and just kind of going around in life, que sera, whatever will be, will be. They wake up in the morning and say, well, you know, whatever turns up, that's how it's going to be. Well, that's not the way that you and I should live. And then, of course, there is what we call a misguided expectation. I think one of the greatest examples of misguided in, uh, expectation is Naaman. You know, Naaman was a leper. And he was a Syrian. And so, the one that was in authority over him, he sent a letter over to the king of Israel to see if he could get the prophet of God to heal him. And so, Naaman went there and sent his servants there. And the prophet said, Who am I? Am I God that I should do this? And he said, Here's what I want you to do. Just go home and dip seven times in the Jordan River. Now the Jordan River, or no, go dip in Jordan River right here. And, Elisha, and Naaman got all upset and he said, well, there's better, there's better streams, there's better rivers over in my home country. And he went away in a rage. See, his expectation was misguided. He expected some great big fanfare. He expected the prophet to come out and just wave his hand and his leprosy would heal. No, that's not how it happened. You see, what needed to happen for Naaman, he had to swallow his pride. How many know sometimes we got to swallow good old-fashioned pride before we are in position to receive what God's got for us? And so Naaman had his eyes on the wrong place. His expectation was misguided. What do you say in 2020, we keep our eyes on him? We set our affection on things above, not on the things of this earth. Well, I want to talk today about a positive, Holy Spirit, faith-filled expectation. Are you ready? Well, I'm not. In Philippians chapter 1, and I want us to look at this, let us rest our eyes upon this. A positive expectation will create a winning attitude. Let us expect great things. Philippians 1 verses 19 through 21. I'm going to say ready, read, and I want you to do better than I would read it on my own. Ready, read. Stop right there. About 60% of you are participating, and you're not doing very good. So, let's read verse 20 together on the count of three. One, two, three. Ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> so, much of what we expect in life is in direct proportion to our earnest expectations. We can expect good things because you and I have been given exceeding great and precious promises. Think about it. God puts his promises in the same category as the blood of Jesus. Peter says that we're not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but we are redeemed with the plesh precious blood of Christ. Woo, hallelujah. So you've got the precious blood, and we're about to have communion in a few moments, and we've got the precious promises. How can we lose? When we stand on the promises of God, and we know that we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus, and that we have full redemption through His blood, woo, glory to God, we can expect a bright future. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. God puts his promises in the same category as the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. Hey, I think I'll back up. Now I can't do the Michael Jackson or I can't do the James Brown, but I can do the Mark Thomas. <laughs> it's kind of funny, kind of cute. Uh, we were leaving the church parking lot last Sunday, and uh, what's his name? Micah, Micah, Woods. Micah Woods. You know, he was so cute in the Christmas program. He was standing right over here, and he was throwing a little bit of extra drama into the thing. Isn't that right, Melva? And we said to all, oh, that was so cute. That was so good. He says, I could have busted out the Michael Jackson. <laughs> so cute. Praise God. I'm not sure what your dance looks like. You know? <laughs> I'm not sure what your dance looks like. I'm not sure what your living room looks like when you're dancing, and I'm not sure what you look like when you're dancing. Don't even want to know. Amen. But for heaven's sake, start dancing. Don't wait until everything lines up to dance. Some say, yeah, but my dance looks ugly. But by the time it gets to the throne of grace, it's beautiful. I don't know what your laughter sounds like in your home. But you ought to be laughing. You ought to be rejoicing. Rejoicing because we're expecting. Dancing before the Lord with all of our might. You know, maybe before the day is out, we can dance a little bit. Amen. Amen. That's a big maybe. Yeah. 
In Psalm 130, in the Amplified Version, it says, I wait for the Lord. I expectantly wait, and in His Word do I hope. So God's Word, then, is the foundation for positive expectancy. We expect great things because we've got great promises. We expect great things because we serve a great God. You know, if you did a study on the word great, you'd start dancing. If you did a study on just how good and how great your God is, it would literally cause your heart to get happy. Let me just give you a little taste of his greatness. In Deuteronomy, he's called the great and awesome God. In Genesis 15, he is our exceeding great reward. In Psalm 47, he's our great king. In Hebrews 4, he is our great high priest. In Hebrews chapter 15 and 13, he's our great shepherd. Oh, come on, somebody. He's got great mercy. He gives great deliverance. He gives great rewards. He lays up great goodness to those that trust Him. He gives great peace. He shows great kindness toward us. He has great glory. And great is His faithfulness. And the coming of the Lord is a great day. Now, if you added a little jump to your dance, you've got some moves. Woohoo! And if you can smile and spin, woo! Somebody said, What'd you do today, Pat? Pat, Pat? What'd you do at church today? I went to the spin class. I'll be your spin instructor this morning. Anyway, he's great. He's prepared for us a great city. And so to expect means to look forward to with excitement. Excitement. I can remember the night before I married Brenda Raylene Edwards, now Brenda Raylene Edwards Thomas. That's an anointed name. The night before... I could hardly sleep because I was so excited about taking Brenda's hand in marriage, about saying, I do. I was so excited that I was not going to let her little brothers, Ricky and Randy, (laughs) steal her from me, which is very common in the South. They will take the bride and put her in a wheelbarrow and cart her up and down Main Street. I came prepared. Somebody said, what does that have to do with the message? When you expect, you prepare. When a person is pregnant, they say they are what? And when you are expecting to be a mom... You get the house ready. You get the room ready. 
you get the diapers ready. I was expecting to marry her and to take her quickly to the Sonic to get her a cherry limeade and tater tots and then rush her off to the honeymoon suite at the Hilton in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm just saying. We were ready for Ricky. We were ready for Randy, weren't we? I took handcuffs. I put it on my wrist. And I put the other one on her wrist. And as we were heading to the car, Ricky and Randy started doing this. And I said, ha ha, boys, I'm prepared for you. Expectation. Expectation. Get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. For great things in 2020. Not the same old, same old, all cold, all weary, all dreary. No. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm expecting God's very best for you in 2020. I'm praying about that. I'm believing God with you. Expect to see good things in your family, in your future. You see, when you're in faith and you're in hope, you're really expecting. If you're in faith and you believe you've received your healing, you're expecting your body to change. I could have stayed in bed this morning. My flesh wanted to stay in bed this morning. But God didn't call me to stay in bed. He called me to be a blessing. So I'm expecting His anointing. I'm expecting His mercy. And I'm expecting His grace. When we released our faith at the beginning of December, we were expecting the money to come in. And you know what? We still are. We got our neck outstretched, expecting the angels to bring abundance in. Here's what happens. When you live in a state of expectation, it'll knock the devil out cold. It will literally take weariness right out of your soul. And so expectation is also connected with faith, but it's also connected with joy and peace. When you're really in faith, and you're confidently and favorably expecting good to come, then there ought to be some joy. There ought to be a peace of God that passeth all understanding. Come on, somebody. I absolutely love this definition of joy. Joy, the inner passion excited by the expectation of good. Say that with me. Joy, the inner passion excited by the expectation of good. 
Who'll give me a few more minutes? Look with me to Romans chapter 5, and let's let our eyes rest on this. And I'm not going to ask you to read, because you know. <clears throat> Romans 5, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice, by whom also we access by faith, we have access by faith into this what? Grace. It's by the grace of God you're healed. Amen. It's by the grace of God that you're prosperous. And you access that grace with your faith, but notice with me, and you stand on it. You stand on that. You know, we sing an old song, Standing on the Promises. Amen? So we're in faith, we've accessed grace, we're standing on the promises, but notice he didn't stop there, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Notice he put rejoicing right in there with expecting. He put rejoicing right in there with faith. He put rejoicing in the same category with grace. Now, look at Romans 12. And notice verse 12. Say with me, I have great hope for 2020. Great verse of scripture here. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation, because in your patience you possess your souls, and instant in prayer. So God's good, is He not? Has He got a plan for our lives? So no matter what may be going on right now, God's plan is unfolding in our lives. So in the meantime, here's what we do we rejoice. In confident hope, we become patient in trouble, and we just keep on praying. Now, one translation says it this way. This is the good news translation. I don't know that we have it or not, but this is so good. He says, let your hopes keep you joyful. Let your hope keep you joyful. Why have so many people lost their joy? It could be, because they've lost their hope. So let your hope keep you joyful. What this says to me is there's keeping power in joy. Let your hope keep you joyful. Proverbs says that the hope of the righteous shall be gladness. How many of you believe that in 2020, we can step up? Amen. Now, I believe that prior to the step up, there needs to be some pep up. <laughs> There's no such a thing as a grumpy believer. Rejoicing is a spiritual force which is expressed and released in a number of ways. 
Some of you kind of thought I was playing around and I was a little bit about dancing and spinning and rejoicing. But the Bible is full of ways in which joy can be expressed. Praising. Singing. Shouting. Dancing. You ever seen how many times little children laugh? I mean, no sooner than the music starts in our home, when little Lucy Thomas is there, she starts. <laughs> they just like to dance. They like to be happy. You're a child of God. Running. I mean, sometimes at the airport or at a restaurant, I mean, you've got to dodge kids. They're running all over the place. I'm thinking to myself, where are their parents? <laughs> and there's leaping. And yes, even laughing. So let's do a by faith laugh right now. See if you can do it. Ha. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, I remember back when we used to have the Holy Ghost meetings and brought, brother, hey, keep that laugh to yourself, sister, I'm talking. <laughs> brother Hagen, he'd, he'd call up, he called him Skinny. Skinny was the bass player. I saw Skinny in Las Vegas. He's not so skinny anymore. But uh, he'd say, now come up here and lead us in a laugh. Amen. I think we ought to have some laughter leaders in this house. Five more seconds. Go ahead and laugh. <laughs> so how do we rejoice in hope? We dance in hope. We praise in hope. We shout in hope, we give thanks in hope, and we can even laugh in hope. I think sometimes it's, it'd be worthwhile to ask us, ourselves this. How would we act if what we desired came to pass right now? You'd probably dance all over the place. Rejoicing in hope. And when you do, it'll strengthen you, but it will wear the devil down. It'll knock that rat flat on his face. Look at Proverbs 17 and verse 22. Great hope for 2020. Proverbs 17, 22 says, what kind of a heart? A merry heart. That's the opposite of a sad heart. When you have a merry heart, It'll show up on your countenance. Amen? That's what David said. Now, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. And then he said, I'm going to praise him. Because as I praise him, it becomes the help and the health of my countenance. If I've got a praise in my heart... When my soul is disquieted within me, that praise in my heart will rise up and remove the oppression and remove the sadness and the glory of God shall shine on my face. Hallelujah. 
So a merry heart does good like a medicine. The Passion Translation says this, A joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. That's good. Does good. It releases joy. It's medication for your soul. And so if you dance and rejoice and spin and laugh and people wonder about it, you just look at them and smile and say, I'm on medication. (laughs) Seriously, guys. Some of the physical benefits of laughter, it will boost your immunity. It lowers stress hormones. It decreases pain. It relaxes your muscles. It prevents heart disease. I think the older sometimes we get, we've lost our laughter. I think there needs to be a revival of joy in our lives. Because what it does, it restores and rejuvenates what the pressures of life have taken from us. In Job 8.21 it says this, He will yet fill my mouth with laughter and my lips with shouting. How about five seconds of just some good old shouting? Glory. 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 Ha ha. <laughs> Woo! Glory. It's literally one of the greatest stress relievers. You know, Brenda had me laughing on the way to church. She will say some of the craziest things. And she'll, she'll pull some of these phrases out of the past. And both of us know what it means. And I, I get so happy sometimes, it's hard to drive. But laughter, it relaxes you. A good hearty laugh relieves physical tension and stress. Leaving your muscles relaxed for up to 45 minutes after. Some of us just need to laugh ourselves to sleep. Sleep better. Look younger. Less wrinkles. Ha 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 ha. Get some laughter moving in your marriage. Somebody says, well, I don't feel like laughing. Well, what's that got to do with it? You don't have to feel like laughing. You just laugh. And here's what I've learned about it. If you'll start out in the natural, the Holy Spirit will take hold with you and you'll get in the Spirit. And by the way, the devil's not smart. He's dumb. He don't know whether you're faking it or not. And your body does not know either. And the benefits are still operational and still functioning. Come on, somebody. Get some joy going in your marriage. Get some joy going in your house. In Job 5.22. You know, a lot of times, you know, when we were experiencing a deficit, I'd just get up and I'd dance in the living room and I'd laugh. What were you doing, Pastor Mark? I was expressing my faith. I was not going to let circumstances get me down so that I would go through the day wearing a big frown and being sad and everybody said, well, what's wrong with Pastor? 
Bless his little darling heart. That's wimpy. Yeah, man. In Job 5, we're going to laugh for about 10 seconds before we have communion. Some of you are going to laugh if it hair lips Bear Creek. In Job 5.22, read it with me. At destruction... At destruction and at famine. <laughs> That's right. Glory to God. Great hope. Great hope. And I'll close with this. A recent newspaper article said that stress relief is found in laughter clubs. It's kind of too bad that the world has to open laughter clubs because some of the churches are so dead and dry. Oh, did I say that? Yes, I did. And I'm not taking it back. Not this church. Listen to that. The world is developing laughter clubs. Not nightclubs, laughter clubs. It talked about how laughter clubs are started across the nation and around the world. Because people gather to laugh. Wouldn't that be good if some churches would get that revelation? That it's okay to go to church and have some fun. People go to clubs and laugh. They go to church and sit up with the dead. Yeah, but the, you don't understand, Pastor. Now, let's back up just a minute. That wasn't real good, but back up just a minute. They, they can laugh at clubs because they're serving spirits there. There are distilled spirit. Don't you understand, Pastor? Are you ignorant? No, you're ignorant. I'm not ignorant. <laughs> There's spirits there. We do the funky chicken there, whatever that looks like. We get a little spirit in us. Well, the Holy Spirit is here. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. But be filled, be intoxicated, get happy in the Holy Ghost. For the kingdom of God, it's not meat and joy, but it's meat and drink. <laughs> For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy. In the Holy Ghost. Come on, everybody. Laugh for about two seconds. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! We ought to be laughing in church. Because we're expecting the glory of the Lord to fill this place. We're expecting the rain to fall. We're expecting great things. In 2020, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, so be it. Put your hand over in your heart and say, I've got great hope for 2020.